Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name is Ali, and I'm usually joined by my friend James, but I'm not. <laughs> You're never joined with or joined by James. I mean, digitally. Virtually. This is the first episode that hasn't been done virtually. Mm, oh, you mean with like nobody calling in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like in the like we're in the room together. It's Monica Coleslaw. Where? <laughs> JK. <laughs> yeah, so today I'm joined by my life partner, Monica Coleslaw. I sent uh, all your t-shirts at work. Yeah, Monica sent all the t-shirts out to everyone who bought t-shirts. Using stamps.com. <laughs> Using stamps.com. Uh, we are not sponsored by stamps.com, but I can vouch for stamps.com being legit. I love stamps.com. Yeah, stamps.com rules. Uh, you may know Monica from the podcast Demon Daddies. She's the creator and director of Demon Daddies. The, and also the creative director. The creator, director, and creative director of Demon Daddies, which is a podcast about horror movies that I know a lot of you have checked out. <coughs> if you haven't, you should check it out because I know you ain't got shit else to do. Mm-mm. You quarantined, bitch. <laughs> yeah, this is the you first. You better be, anyway. This is the first episode recorded live from quarantine live from a living fucking nightmare (laughs) yeah but we're not really trying to talk about that we're trying to talk about sinking city i feel like i live in a sinking city (laughs) yeah sinking city it's a little too close to home right now honestly yeah yeah i was thinking about it today i've been waiting this episode so i could just never have to think about this game again (laughs) (laughs) spoilers (laughs) you know that i haven't played a video game since we finished it wow really yeah it was so good (laughs) (laughs) i don't need it yeah no i've literally just been reading books Yeah, I also weirdly have like really not wanted to play video games. Instead, I've been just writing music and mixing music and stuff. Cool. I don't know. Sometimes you just like video games, right? Like Yeah. Anyway, before we get too deep into it, as always, this episode is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to learn how you can sign up to support the show. You get extra episodes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Please do that because... You guys owe me $35. Yeah, I owe Monica $35, (laughs) and I'm, like, unemployed, basically. So Yeah. Um, And, of course, we have a Discord. You can jump in the Discord and chat with us. I'm going to lurk it after this episode comes out. Oh, yeah. All right. A couple weeks. You got a couple weeks. Oh, my God. Sorry. Anyway, so today we're talking about Sinking City. What if we put this out and, like, coronavirus is, like, completely over? And then when we tra- we're talking about it, people are like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's an extremely uh, optimistic I hope viewpoint. it gets out of my life as fast as it destroyed it. Mm, judging by how many people are pretending like nothing's wrong, I yeah. think it's going to be a while, unfortunately. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We'll see. Hey, yeah, maybe this will age horribly in two weeks. Everyone's like, I'm fine. Do you think you can still buy baseball bats? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying that would probably be my weapon of choice. If, or if society collapses and you need to go club people? Yeah. I've got the seven string guitar is really heavy. It's basically a yeah. baseball bat. Well, I just like don't look like I'd be strong, mm. but I am. Yeah, you're really strong. 
I'm the same way. I'm stocky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So today (laughs) we're talking about Sinking City, the 2019 video game. Uh, Came out and it created a bunch of hype for a few reasons. And I've actually been excited to do this episode. Monica, actually, you started playing it on your own. Yeah. Like, without any intention of doing this episode or anything <laughs> any help at all yeah well yeah we'll get to that um but and i was just kind of like watching you play a little bit but people were asking in the discord and people were asking on social media like is this game cool what's the deal with this game because it actually created a lot of hype when it came out um it's one of the very very few open world horror games and i love open world games yeah because i like to wander but only indoors without moving <laughs> <laughs> well and you also mostly like the sort of like farm li- game life sim <laughs> open well it's it's a really specific genre it's like fantasy farm but you don't really play like the super farmy ones like you play that game yonder mm-hmm. which was cool which, like, you could have a farm and do farming stuff, but you could also go on adventures and blah, blah, blah. And you could um, feed treats to those flower pigs. Oh, yeah. So cute. They're really cute animals in that game. You're trying to find sprites everywhere you go. I should play Yonder again. I bet I forgot it. Yeah, the game was cool. But, I mean, I guess, like, when people say open world, I think they think more of, like, you know, Red Dead Redemption or something yeah, like that. which I really want to play because I also love Western stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, but so you were drawn to this game because of the open world element. And a lot of people were curious about it because of that. I mean, open world horror is like a super, super tiny genre. As far as my experience goes, I mean, even though there's some open world elements in a bunch of horror games like Silent Hill 2 and I mean, probably some other stuff we've covered for the show that I can't think about right now. But, like, there aren't a lot of pure open-world horror games. Um, The only two that come to mind, really, are Prey from 2017, which is sort of like a sci-fi kind of puzzle-y shooter-type game that's set on a space station. You can go anywhere and do anything. And um, The Evil Within 2, which we haven't covered yet. We covered the first one. But, like, Evil Within 2 is even not purely open-world. It's, like a mix of linear levels and then long open world sections. Is that the one where I was like, oh, is that fun? And you were like, um, you wouldn't like it. Evil Within? Yeah. Um, Does it have like a scary man on the cover? It looks like he'd be really a doctor. doesn't narrow it down. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the game that had, the game that you played that had a scary man on the cover? <laughs> but no, he looks like, uh. John Stamos? Oh, no, I was going to say Dr. Giggles, but you've never seen Dr. Giggles. What is that? It's a movie about, like, a doctor, a killer doctor. Who giggles? Yeah, when he, like, goes to kill you, he's like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, but I think he also has, like, a dentist drill. Are you thinking of Deadly Premonition? No. Okay. I'm thinking of Dr. Giggles. No, I mean the game. which The game that you... Oh. With a cover. (laughs) What? No, I don't know what Dr. Giggles... No, no, no. I'll I'll figure it out. Okay. We'll get back to it. Anyway, the point is that open world horror is like a super tiny genre. So basically, whenever something comes out, there's at least a little bit of hype surrounding that game just because people want to play it. 
This one also interesting because it's developed by Frogwares. Um, Frogwares frogs is. Frogs made this game? Frogs made this You're telling me frogs made this? Fucking real frogs. Uh, Frogwares <laughs> is a Ukrainian developer, it looks like, who were mostly known for making like detective games. Like they made a bunch of Sherlock Holmes well, you're, games. Yeah, well, yeah, you're a detective in this game. Yeah, but they were more like point and click type. Oh, like hidden object games? Kind of like that, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so this was their first game that was like a sort of traditional like 3D action adventure game, something aimed at like a quote unquote core gamer type audience. And it also... I'm in there? Yes, you are now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this game also was heavily inspired by HP Lovecraft, which is kind of a constant selling point and flashpoint for discussion, obviously. Yeah. And they kind of, like, try to do something with that in a critical way that... Mm, yeah. I they You could... <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, but they kind of both do an okay job and totally miss the mark I I, yeah say. i think they botched it pretty hard but like not i mean not as bad as it could be mm. it's not offensive it's just like stupid yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. we'll we'll talk we'll get to it but so they made this open world horror game heavily inspired by hp lovecraft um it's their first game in this style a lot of hype um it released on pc ps4 switch probably xbox 2 but um we played it on the Switch, which yeah. was a mistake. Yeah. Well, I also <laughs> played it for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> so salient point number one is don't fucking play this game on the Switch. No. It's a PC game. It looks, from what I've footage I've watched, it looks like it looks and runs pretty well on the PC. It does yeah. not on the Switch. No, it honks. And let me tell you playing on the switch maybe don't know a lot about video games and you're like i've been playing this for months and i'm only on the second chapter and then someone comes in and they tell you you can adjust the difficulty level (laughs) and you find out you've actually been playing it um as hard as possible and maybe you don't know what aim assist is (laughs) Yeah, so the other point about this game. So first of all, it has a horrendous Switch port. Uh, so skip that. Point number two you bring up is that a lot of people quickly noticed that it was like, huh, this game kind of feels like it was made by a company that's never made a game like this. <laughs> it kind of... Well, the mechanic- controls are bad. Yeah. Is what? Yeah. And I also didn't know that that was... That you could yeah. um, change... I just think that everything is hard. <laughs> so the controls in the combat are really bad. And even knowing you can change the difficulty settings, it's a hard game. Um, it's hard to describe why it's so bad. It's sort of just like there's no friction. Like you're just trying to like move this weird action figure, that, slippery action figure guy. That around. and they make you like drive a boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So it's like it sucks to be on land because like like p- even like pulling out your weapon and like yeah. shooting is hard. Yeah. And then things are like puking like blood bombs at you yeah. all the time and then also to get anywhere you have to drive a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um let's talk okay, so let's talk about 
a couple of hot tips before we talk about really like what this game is. So number one, you can go and change the difficulty settings and you can adjust a lot of stuff in the game and you need to do that day one. Like, but if you only play farming games and you don't realize that's a thing, then that's okay too. <laughs> well, I'm trying to save people. It makes the, you a better competitor. <laughs> I'm trying to save people the hurt that you experience. <laughs> so basically, it, this game actually is very comparable to The Evil Within where you need to just set everything to easy and you need to turn on aim assist in order to make the game playable. Even with that in place, it's still really fucking hard because the combat is so bad and you're going to need to go and adjust all sorts of fucking sliders. Like there's a, you know, um, like your cursor speed and like, you know, the sensitivity of the stick and all that kind of shit. Like you have to go in there and change that shit because the game is just too hard. Without well, and that. also a lot of the monsters, when you shoot at them, they dissolve into the floor and they reappear somewhere else. <laughs> so it's like you shoot at them and then they're, you're like, yeah, but, it, but, but because it's like so hard to like aim anyway like it makes it like almost impossible especially if you're playing it on hard it's very reminiscent of like a game from the late 2000s where the controls were kind of tanky like there's no quick turn but enemies can respawn behind you like you're saying and like you're gonna get your shit kicked in by ghouls a lot and it's it's a frustrating experience it's frustrating mostly because there is cool stuff about the game like you can crab walk (laughs) <laughs> you can do cool dances. You can crouch down and scuttle. Yeah, do a cool crab dance. That I like. Crab gore. Some, like, <laughs> attack, attack shit. You can uh, win an outfit that's just uh, a member of Broken Side. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, there's your two big hot tips. Turn everything to easy and turn on the aim assist. And don't fucking play it on the Switch. It yeah. looks like shit. It runs like shit. I mean... It's weirdly appropriate because this game is like a janky open world game and it looked and ran very similarly to how Morrowind did on my shitty old PC in like 2002. Oh my God, I got my time at Porsche again. Yeah, totally. Tell them about that. Okay, my time at Porsche is what I played after Yonder, but it like really sucks and there's no like... Like, I liked Yonder because if you just tried a little bit harder, things would be better for you. (laughs) (laughs) I like to work. (laughs) But in my time at Porsche, you need to, like, build, like, all this equipment to move the game forward. But to do that, you have to, like, literally go to mines and, like, mine ore. And then you have to, like, put it in machines and turn it into bars. And then you take those bars to make. Yeah bigger structures yeah and then also sometimes a character doesn't load correctly so one of her eyes is really big and like high up on her head and yeah. the other one's gone i mean the whole game was just fucking jank like, and nothing sometimes worked. it took so long to load i would just read a book while i went in yeah so here's if okay if you don't know about this like maybe you don't have a switch or you've only played like the, the quote-unquote good games on the switch like nintendo stuff and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff but like bad switch boards have a couple of obvious problems Number one is that they're jank as fuck. Like, the graphics are all fucked up and shit doesn't load right. People's eyes are all over the place. I'm like, just hovering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they roll their head and they, like, look at you. Yeah, it's Or horrifying. they look towards you yeah. with, like, one big eye and then one no eye. <laughs> my time of portion was scarier than... Oh, and, and my time of portion played. makes you go to bed at 3 a.m. no matter oh, yeah. what. 
<laughs> so you'll be like in the mines because you have to like build your like crane uh-huh. and then you just like drop down and you're asleep. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But the other thing about bad switch ports is that they have crazy obscene load times. Like, multiple mm-hmm. minutes of waiting yeah. to load. And, yeah. Yeah, Sinking City takes forever. Yeah, so, like, when you... The thing about the combat being bad, I mean, it's bad on a base level, but it's way worse even because you're also having these obscenely long load times, like, every time you die. Yeah. And... And then you get taken back to, like, a weird save point that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Uh, it's I literally would have played that game, like, until I die. <laughs> but then the monsters got too scary for me, and I just asked you to start killing stuff for me. Yeah, so I guess another side note before we talk about what the game is. <laughs> the way that you played this was really fun. The way that I played it was really funny. Actually, the way you play it was pretty normal. The way I play it was fucking weird because you got the game and I was watching you play it mm-hmm. a little bit. And then eventually you were like, hey, can you help me? Like, I'm stuck. And so I started helping you with fights. And then eventually I just sat down and started playing it with you. And yeah. so we were just like passing the controller back and forth. And I went back and watched all the cutscenes from earlier in the game so I could understand the story. Um, so, a really elaborate story. Yeah that kind of like goes nowhere (laughs) uh but yeah so it it was kind of funny like the only the reason that i really got involved and into playing this game was because it's so like broken and frustrating that like yeah well because i would have done it forever and like i have really bad like gamer range yeah you do (laughs) So, (laughs) so because i was doing all the fights on hard and like lost them just like over and over again and then got taken back to like a weird save that didn't like make sense as to where I was and to like do all this shit over again I would like every time I died I would like scream or I would scream when like people came out or not people creatures came out of like a fucking wall I would just yell and yell and yell yeah or just be mad the rest of the day yeah totally so then finally there was something I couldn't get out of and I was like can you help me? <laughs> so angry. And that's the story of the first time I've ever asked for help. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Uh, yeah, it, it is funny though. Like, I think that anyone who plays or has played a lot of old survival horror games can like relate to this kind of experience because like old survival horror games are jank as fuck. And yeah. like, you just get really good at playing games that are jank as fuck and so playing this game it's kind of on the level of like an old survival horror game or like an early 2000s pc game or something like on the switch especially because the graphics are also like pretty horrible yeah so like it i think it i don't know i was thinking about that where it's like obviously it would be better to play it on pc or something because the load times wouldn't be as bad i think but also, it would be so weird to play it where, like, the graphics look nice, but your guy was still, like, running around, like, pointing <laughs> up and down, like, manically and, like, not able to hit. Pulling it, like, hitting stuff with his shovel. Yeah. <laughs> his, his weird shovel. Where does he put it? Where does he put his shovel when I changed him into his vacation clothes? Under the shirt. In the chinos? <laughs> In the chinos. <laughs> it's like, do you remember? The, okay, so your dude, your melee weapon is you pull a shovel out of nowhere and whap the enemy yeah you bonk them yeah and it's pretty ridiculous at all times but usually you have a jacket on but there's like alternate <laughs> outfits on one of them he's just wearing like 
a shirt well yeah they're well they're named so there's one that's like the mysterious traveler and Uh like that was the one i was normally in Uh but then i went to go i found his closet and i was like oh and i changed him into i think it's just called vacationer and it's like a blue dress shirt that his like little uh not bionicle monocle not monocle like what do you call like one binocular a scope a scope (laughs) kind of like a scope i don't know there's something in his front pocket and Uh then he wears chinos too and it was just really funny because his shovel would just come out of his back (laughs) yeah that's like do you remember that video that was like showing how kids could like hide guns in their clothes and it shows like a kid shoving a whole shotgun down his pants oh my god no i can never watch that are you kidding me well it's ridiculous because you couldn't walk if you had a whole shotgun down oh, your pants. you could with like one leg really stiff <laughs> people would be like what's fucking wrong with your leg <laughs> like oh i have a shotgun in my pants rude uh <laughs> okay so the setup of this game is that you're a private detective you're a private investigator private investigator a pi and you start having these crazy nightmares well doesn't he go there to like start a new life no he has nightmares (laughs) i think it's because he has nightmares and so he starts having these crazy Cthulhu nightmares where, like, he sees yeah. squid monsters and he's underwater and whatever. And mm-hmm. so he goes to this city. Uh, Innsmouth? Innsmouth. And basically is like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And then immediately people are, like, telling him premonitions and yeah. stuff. And, like, he's just starts trying to figure out what's going on with all this and in classic open world game fashion there's like a slow sort of tease of a main story where it's like maybe he's the chosen one or something but then you have to do like a lot of random shit you have to do so much stuff yeah (laughs) there's like (laughs) how many chapters like eight eight or nine yeah i think it's like eight or nine yeah fucking a yeah i was on like chapter two when i when i experienced asking for help for the first time yeah (laughs) um but yeah it's just like i mean it's fine if you wouldn't be scooting around on a boat yeah but it's like you oh you're at the city hall but you have to go to like the hospital to look through their records and it's like okay like we'll get there in like 10 minutes after i open this map 50 fucking times (laughs) so okay the setup of the game essentially besides the story setup is that it's trying to make you act like a pi I think that was my takeaway from like analyzing the mechanics because a lot of it, like you said, you have to analyze documents, you have to go places and look through records, you have to mark things manually on a map, and you have to like boat around and walk around and like navigate using a map. The game doesn't really help you with any of those tasks. It would have been nice to have an on screen map. Yeah, like it's cool in theory, but when you're playing the game, it's super not fun. You just always got your damn map open. And on the Switch, the loading times, the loading times, like, when you respawn are, like, really bad. But even when you're just, like, going between map screens, there's loading. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, like, yeah, the navigation stuff is bad. Not having an on-screen map is really bad. There's just, like, a compass that's not very helpful. Yeah. 
okay so it really like wasn't helpful right it's not just me knowing not knowing how to do stuff no like the only way you could use it i mean okay so monica's really bad at navigating in real life and in video (laughs) games oh yeah so like i could use the compass but like you just like couldn't use the compass and then you kept asking me like is this how you use it i'm like no you're like, is this how you use it? So like, I just open the map again. <laughs> so you end up opening the map every five seconds. But like the way you're supposed to use it is really frustrating because basically the compass use little, uses little icons and you manually mark the icons. So it means that like every time you mark one, when you finish that task, you have to go in, delete it and make a new one. Otherwise, you keep marking and you get all these tiny icons that you'd have no idea what the fuck I didn't mark are. anything when I was playing alone. Yeah. Because I would just... Open the map every five seconds. Open the map a lot. <laughs> and that didn't make sense because we haven't explained what the city is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, this guy <laughs> is having these nightmares. And he's a PI, and he's trying to get to the bottom of it. And start a new life. <laughs> and I guess he's trying to start a new life, according to Monica. Uh I mean, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so he shows up to the city, and it's basically like... Um, a broken down fish town with crazy people so what i was gonna say is um what is the the stephen king hulu show i can never remember that castle rock Rock. okay so if you're familiar with the show castle rock the hulu show castle rock it's basically like they made a place where they could put all the stephen king mythos stuff into one place and that's castle rock and then they made a show around it that's what the town that's what the the sinking city in the game is so it's basically like a place where they could put all the different HP Lovecraft mythos stuff in one game and just build a game around it. So it's like a weird flooded city. It's mostly underwater. Yeah. It's all like kind of dark and grotesque and eerie. There and are there's man eating eels in the water. There's eels in the water. There's monsters all over the place. There's certain parts mm-hmm. of town that are blocked off because they're full of monsters. Infected areas. Yeah. Um, there are people who are part monkey and people who are part fish. Yeah. So there's just, and there's cults and there's old gods. And eventually there's like weird, mysterious beings connected. I'm the KKK, isn't it? KKK is in it for some reason. (laughs) We'll get to that. But so they basically made this town that's full of all this different HP Lovecraft mythos type stuff. It's like an HP Lovecraft, like vision board. Yeah. Totally. It's like a Pinterest. Yeah. But it's also very heavily focused on the Cthulhu mythos, which is also focused on like the story called Shadow Over Innsmouth, which is basically about like a cult in this city that starts wor- worshiping Cthulhu and like doing bad stuff. Um, and so most of this town is underwater and it's all fucking weird and creepy. And so initially, eventually you get fast travel, but initially you're going to spend a lot of time boating around or just trying to figure out how to cross all these obstacles of traversal that they put into the town. Like pulling out your gun so people go, he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can pull your gun on people and they do that. (laughs) But if you shoot them, you lose your mind. So don't do it. Oh, yeah. That's also what I Googled, not what I learned. Oh, cool. Yeah. And there's like, okay, so... Another thing, there's, I guess the other big mechanic in the game, besides it just being sort of open world and having kind of standard shitty survival horror combat, is that there's su- supernatural elements. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, you're like a psychic kind of. Yeah. So your guy's a psychic, and he can basically 
use certain different psychic powers to well he has his regular eyes and then he has his mind's eye yeah uh, <laughs> so you can like use that to either find clues or follow certain like supernatural cues or to reconstruct crime scenes yeah or find uh you can tear down walls uh-huh with your mind's eye yeah, and some of it is, like, for secrets, but most of it is actually for plot progression. Yeah. However, this also depletes your sanity, basically. Yeah. You have a sanity meter. You can't let it deplete. Like, if you're around monsters for too long, they make you go crazy. Yeah. They have to or, take meds. Yeah, and then you have to inject yourself with antipsychotics yeah. <laughs> that you make yourself. Yeah, so the other big piece of this game is that like most modern open world games and very very similar to the evil within for example is that you craft a lot um you craft but you can't carry a lot unless you do all the side quests yeah and build your skill points so it's fucked yeah it's basically it works exactly like evil within if listeners have played that game but it's basically like you're collecting materials you have to craft every bullet you have to craft every item the game is huge on scarcity. Like even with yeah. the difficulty turned down, the scarcity does not go away at all. Well, you can run into the infested areas and then scavenge, but you're also like running from monsters all the time. And like if you shoot them, then it's like kind of like self defeating because you're there for supplies in the first place. Yeah, it's really fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like don't think that I, that was not fun for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a thing that is in a lot of modern open world games. It's like a big trope. I think the difference, and I'm not big on it in any games, but I will say the difference between this game and other games is that the combat and the movement in this game is so bad mm -hmm. that you kind of just never want to put yourself in harm's way, ever. Yeah. Because there's just no guarantee that you're going to get out alive. Like, yeah, you're going to fucking die and you're going to go back 20 minutes. Yeah, your chances are, are bad just because your dude is like such a twerp like wearing chinos this is crab walking everywhere oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so the, the game flow is basically you get a mission you try and figure out where you're supposed to go and you go from location to location um every other location ends up being like a crime scene yeah more or less and you need to either investigate and find clues to lead you to the next place or you need to investigate you reconstruct a crime scene in order to move on to the next part of the story. You get clues added to your mind palace. Yeah. And then when your mind palace is overflowing, then you open it and you like pair clues and clues that go together make a deduction. Yeah. And then I think you eventually come to a conclusion and that propels the end of the chapter. Right. Another menu and another, like this game has a lot of menus. It's got a lot of systems. And once again, it's cool in theory because it's like a sim game that's meant yeah. to simulate being a detective or being a PI. It's just not actually fun. No, because personally, I just think of all the men in my life I know who would most likely referred to their brains is their mind palace <laughs> and i'm like i hate this and those guys also really love hp lovecraft yeah and then it's like i've been playing it for four months and it's just not fun anymore 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel ya. I totally get it. Um, I mean, okay, so here, I guess the, the conflicting thing about this game, before we go even further into talking about it and probably trash talking it more, yeah. the conflicting feeling I have is that, number one, the overall like vibe and atmosphere of the game is really cool. Like, the town is really dreary. It's got this great kind of ambient sound design. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's cool at moments when you're running around and you just see like a really crazy vista and you're like, oh, that's really neat, you know? And that's kind of like a classic thing in open world games. And the other thing is that sometimes the systems end up being really cool. Like, um, every once in a while, you know, something that you do with your mind powers is like really cool. And you're oh, like, yeah. oh shit, that's awesome. Because sometimes when you're looking through your mind's eye, you follow owls. Oh, yeah. And then you have to, like, walk up to an owl, and then you find the next one, and you follow yeah. it into a secret wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, with the mind palace thing, a lot of times you're just trying to mash two sentences together, like you're doing magnetic poetry. Yeah, but which I th- also hate. Yeah, totally. But then, like, there's other moments where it actually does something cool, like... There, for example, there's one mission where it basically signposts early on that you're gonna like have the opportunity to double cross and kill this dude. Oh and, yeah! And I was like, man, I hope we get to fucking double cross this guy. And then we were like putting the pieces together, and it's like, do you want to double cross him? And we were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, get him. <laughs> yeah, like moments like that are really cool, but it's just like that's like a smaller percentage of the game. Yeah, because it takes you like six hours to get to that point. Yeah. It's it's a very, very frustrating experience. Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Also, can you explain the um, reenactments? Okay, so here's another... Okay, once again, I mean, like, if you want to know why this game is is really all over the place and just not a very, like, tight or focused experience, it's because it's got so many fucking systems. There's so many fucking systems, dude. Yeah. We Think about how many we've just described. It's wild. But <laughs> I hope this is the last... No, it's not even going to be the fucking last one. But um, randomly in the game... So, like I said, like, you're going around, you're finding clues using your you know, wizard vision or whatever and like doing Your all this. Your mind sh- Yeah. Yeah. Your brain palace. <laughs> <laughs> Your eye palace. Um, and then in certain locations you have to, um, you find all the clues and then you walk through like a portal. Yeah. And, and then you reenact, you reenact the crime. Right. So it's exactly like the disappearance of Ethan Carter. If anyone's played that game, it's exactly like that, but like shitty. Um, because it's really, the graphics are like weird and disorienting. And the idea is that you're supposed to go through and find all the things that happen and then put them in the right order. So you have to walk through them twice. Uh huh. And apparently when you walk through them, you should push A. You can't <laughs> just walk through them and push every button. <laughs> Which is what you were doing. Or just walk through it over and over again. Yeah. But also it's weird because some of the early ones are like tricky and then all the later ones are really, really easy. I just realized you think that's because we changed the difficulty level. I don't know. Because I 
had a theory that it got easier because they realized it was fucking stupid. I think they just gave up on it. Yeah. But it's also just weird because it's like straight out of Ethan Carter, but it worked in Ethan Carter because it was a little different. And also it was sort of like the main gameplay mechanic of that game. That game had no combat. It had nothing like that. It was much shorter and smaller. I think in this game, there's already so much going on that any one of these systems that could have been cool on its own, when it's like all mashed together, it ends up just being like, oh, fucking another one? Like a fucking another time I have to press start and wait for the menu to load? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like, yeah. But I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so that is like kind of a good segue though into talking about the story because that's kind of like the big thing that's keeping you going in the game because like Mm -hmm. you're doing these missions you're finding these clues okay and also as the game goes on um there's more and more combat that you encounter yeah because then you just start uh you start getting people and not just monsters yeah so in any given scenario that you show up to if you're like i need to investigate this place or like i have to do this favor for somebody when you show up, there's like a 60-40 chance that there's probably going to be either a bunch of monsters or a bunch of dudes and a bunch of monsters. Yeah. And uh, so you end up doing like a lot of combat. And like I said, the combat fucking sucks. Um, it could be, once again, I think this game would be better on PC. I guess with a keyboard and mouse, it might be a little less frustrating. Yeah. But it's not good, dude. <laughs> No, but you have to like find like parts of like a seal and stuff, and then you like find you meet a couple cults. Well, so I was gonna say the main thing that's keeping you going is the story. Yeah, which is compelling. Like you show up to town, <clears throat> there's these cults, and there's these two different kinds of like weird humanoid people. Yeah. And you sort of learn about them. You learn about the town. Oh, and they hate each other. They hate each other. I thought, so the game at the beginning has this thing that's like, listen, we didn't cut any corners here. We're gloves off. Here's how it was. Here's how it was. (laughs) We're going to make it just the way it was. Because acting like it didn't happen doesn't mean it didn't happen. You're like, okay. (laughs) And like, you're like, yeah, like H.B. Lovecraft was like fucking racist as shit. And so I thought all the racism was like, the fish people monkey versus man. the monkey people. Yeah. But it wasn't because the KKK is actually in this game. <laughs> KKK. <laughs> I think that, okay, so yeah, I, there's a warning at the beginning that's like, we don't condone the prejudices that existed at this time, but also they're yeah. real and we didn't want to like, you know, cover it up or whatever. But I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I, I went from like, oh, that's quite the metaphor to like, that's the fucking KKK. <laughs> it's just the KKK is in there. But... Yeah, you know, yeah, that warning is really weird. I don't know why they felt the need to put that. At, it It's there every time you turn the game on. Mm-hmm. In case you forget. <laughs> um, In case you forget that people are racist. Yeah, but it's weird, too, because, like, I feel like they put a lot of time in to make the town not feel like a real place. Like, it has its own history and its own culture and its own language and slang. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, you know, people do things that are, like, unique to the game and, like, unique to the city. And so it's, like, when you meet these people who are of this other race, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, kind of problematic, I guess. But, like... 
Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it's a good place just to talk about this. Like the HP Lovecraft thing, I think they kind of fumbled it. Like, okay, so if you don't know, HP Lovecraft, famous horror author from the 20s and 30s, um, classic in the genre, but was like super racist. And for a long time, I think the attitude was very, like, Gen X, 90s, edgy, like, whatever, man. And, like, yeah. I know, because when I was in high school, that's how we all felt. We still love H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it to, like, shame people who liked or like it. But at the same time, like, it's really fucking bad. I mean, like, yeah. and the older I get, the more I'm just like, I can't believe we just read this. Because, like... H.P. Lovecraft hated people who weren't white, and he wrote horror stories that were explicitly about his terror and horror at the idea of non-white people living in the same place as him. I mean, that's basically what they're all about. There's all these, like, there are monkey men. Like, that's not very veiled. There's fish people. Not very veiled. And what's even worse is, like, playing this game, I realized, and I think I was thinking about it more because they put that warning at the beginning of the game, where I was like... Yeah, no. The fucking language they speak, it sounds a lot like Yiddish if you hated Jewish yeah. people. And then I was like, oh my god, H.P. Lovecraft just fucking hated <laughs> Jews. And like, I don't know. So they kind of like, I thought they were going to do something with the idea of there being like a race war set within an H.P. Lovecraft inspired yeah. world, which is actually kind of an interesting concept if you wanted to make a commentary on it. But then they don't... They don't really touch on it. No. And I think their warning was more yeah. uh, directed towards the KKK stuff. Yeah. Which I don't even totally get. No. But I was pretty checked out, like, halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's the thing. I guess, like, I'm not trying to say that this game is, like, horrible and problematic, but I am trying to say that the story is really lightweight and sort of pointless, and it was really weird yeah. of them to, like sort of suggest that they were tackling bigger issues. Yeah. When they're just like not. But it was more like just don't get mad when we uh bring in this KKK member. Like you literally yeah. like get attacked by someone from the KKK. Yeah. Like you get attacked by a guy in a white hood. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And they show up like at the end again and it's kinda like And like a weird flashback. Yeah. And it's just sort of like edgy for edgy's sake. Yeah. It's I don't know. I guess, like, the overall, like, vibe of that is, like, not just a plot point, but, like, anything worth mentioning at all in the way that they did is very, like, guy who reads H.P. Lovecraft and thinks he's deep. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, I know Like, these are the people that saw, like, Midsummer more than once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. Bang, bang, bang. Um, but uh, it's check out the Demon Daddy's episode <laughs> on Midsummer if you want to probably be mad because everyone likes that movie and we didn't. Uh, but you know what I mean? No, no, like, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. I'm, I mean, I get it. I mean, I think the thing for me is that, and I can totally go off about this because James isn't here to complain about how this game sucks. When he's Did wrong. he play it? No, not this game. A different oh. game I'm about to talk about. I love this game and he hates it. But he can fuck off. It's okay. called um, Eternal Darkness. Great game. Okay. Um, Eternal Darkness is a GameCube game. Came out a long ass time ago. They basically wanted to make a Lovecraft inspired game. And instead of 
doing something like this where it's like a, a real big homage like I think like once again I think this is on the level of Castle Rock where there's like homages and references to specific things from Lovecraft like a lot yeah um, so what Internal Darkness did instead was make their own cosmic horror universe and story mm-hmm. and so they made their own religion their own gods their own world and it's like super super cool it's really well done and it's mostly just awesome because it's different than Lovecraft but it has the same feel <laughs> mm-hmm. the writing style is similar the dialogue and the way that people talk it's really really well done and I like it because it's way more cosmic horror like they go full in on the like color out of space cosmic horror side of it and not the like I'm scared of black people side of yeah. it <laughs> and they do a really good job and I think that's how you do a modern HP Lovecraft thing because mm-hmm. it's like he did write some great stuff and he had some great ideas writing wise and he pioneered a lot of stuff in the genre I think that he is such a piece of shit though and I think that there's so much of his work that's just toxic that I don't think it's worth it to just port that stuff over wholesale and once again I think that's a lot of times why a lot of H.P. Lovecraft adaptations suck because it's like you can't just port it over wholesale like you have to yeah why can't you just fucking rip it off do your own spin on it and like that's why I love Eternal Darkness so much like it has the feel of like reading a great HP Lovecraft story but it's a video game and it's unique and it's not like you're being hit over the head with it like oh remember In's Mouth remember this yeah oh f- fish man remember fish man maybe it would be like if the people who made Deadly Premonition just made like a full blown like Twin Peaks a video game yeah and at the beginning they were like listen we don't actually believe that you should um, split into two people and like abuse your teenage daughter <laughs> you know it's <laughs> that's like that's exactly what it right? would be right okay. yeah no that's actually an amazing analogy and it's funny see I've said I think I've said it before on the show that like so Deadly Premonition was in development for a super long time because originally they were just gonna do what this game did like they were gonna make a game called <laughs> Rainy Woods yeah. And it was just going to be everything would That's be. That's really funny. <laughs> it would be like, oh no, they killed poor Alarmer. <laughs> you know, like That's all sorts so of. That's so funny. You know, but beca- they got a cease and desist. And I think somebody probably internally also was like, you guys are fucking stupid. And they had to go back and they had to redo everything and they had to make their own modern, different take on it. And it not only made the game better. It was not only genius, but it actually also was so good that it predicted a lot of stuff in season three. Like, the whole vibe of it is darker and scarier and more violent, so it reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of season three. Crazy. And so I think that's kind of what this game or a project like this game has the potential to be, but they just stick so close to the book that it's kind of like, eh, you know. Should we talk about how it ended? Yeah, okay. So the story, like I said, you show up, you learn about the town. It's interesting. There's a monkey man. He's very proud to be a monkey man. And he's your boss. And he's your boss. And he's super rich. (laughs) And someone in his family is dead, but I can't remember who. It's his son, I think? Yeah, well, he's way at the beginning and then, like, never again. Yeah. Um, But so, basically, you go along, you find out about all these different people in the town and how they're interconnected. And what you really find out is that there's, like an underlayer to the city that's basically like an underworld. Yeah. Um, there's like a necropolis type of thing under the city. The more you find out about it, the more fucked up it is. Like They're like sacrificing people. Mm-hmm. 
um you need to they like broke up a seal or something and like everybody ran away with a piece yeah it's like breathing fire yeah (laughs) when lisa's mom was killed over a piece of plastic pizza okay you have to tell you have to explain what that is okay nobody knows what that is breathing fire is a movie that my friend heidi found for a dollar in a bin at walmart so she bought like 10 of them and like gave them to people like friends of hers like throughout the course of like five years and breathing fire uh the whole opening scene is like this banquet of like fake food and you don't know it's fake until um this guy's like pouring gravy but he's not pouring gravy it's like staying in the yeah pot. he's like demonstrating like Whoa. and it's like all these like different kinds of foods that like don't make sense together yeah. it's like pizza and like apples uh but then he you see him putting like these keys into a a pizza and then he like closes the mold and then like divvies up like all these keys yeah. and then you see the people these people later like taking these keys in pizza yeah and then they all go off their own ways lisa's mom gets killed and then that's what happens in the sinking city too yeah <laughs> yeah is they just break up pieces of something and take it away and then somebody gets killed over it yeah like in breathing fire Lisa's mom gets killed over a piece of plastic But pizza. there's a, a line of dialogue, right? Yeah. Where a guy goes, Lisa's mom got killed over a piece of plastic pizza. <laughs> the whole movie is amazing. There's a long sequence. You can watch it all on YouTube. Yeah, there's a long sequence of two brothers, like, bullying their uh, uncle, who's, like, a vulnerable adult. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and they good. maybe kill him. They maybe kill him, yeah. It's they maybe kill him. There's, like, training scenes where, like, the uncle, like, makes them, like, kneel on bricks. And then the next season, or not the next season, the next scene, like, the uncle's like, has gray hair and, like, is walking with a cane. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking weird, dude. It's one of those, like, best worst movies. It's so good. Yeah, it's horrendous and it's amazing. Um, but, yeah, so you're, you're trying to find the seal and you're trying to get into this necropolis. As you're going along you're basically making choices that sort of determine whether or not you're like this chosen one figure. Yeah, because the cult is like looking for like a chosen one. Yeah. And they all want his seed. Yeah. Nar. Very nar. No. Wait. He's the seed. He's the seed. (laughs) No, there's a gross like sex thing. They say seed a lot. There's like uh, put the seed in the daughter at some point. It's like, oh, "Mm." yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. But because he's like crazy and like making his own, his his own, (laughs) his own antipsychotics. Yeah. He brewing his own (laughs) fucking kombucha and being like, this is helping with my bipolar. Yeah. Uh, it's not you i think well don't you get to choose between like whether or not you think you're the seed yeah okay so basically those mind palace things like i said earlier you get to make choices and some of them are cool story choices like do you want to kill this guy or do you want to work with this guy or you know whatever but then there's these bigger like existential questions like am i the chosen one or if given the chance will i end the world or what you know guess what we chose did we choose to end it? We chose to end the world. Yeah, we chose to end the world. <laughs> um, but the it does something with them. So I like the little, the smaller, like, character ones. Like, mm-hmm. you know, hurt this guy, don't hurt this guy, whatever. 
but I didn't like the big ones because it's it's really shitty and video gamey, which is where a lot of video games will do a thing where it's like you make a choice and then that like changes the reality of the game. Well, also though, like the character has like no personality. Yeah. So like it's hard to like give a shit about yeah. how you want his life to be. Yeah, so he's totally just, like, another, like, grim video game guy. Sometimes he leaves and he goes, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe that happened. It's so funny. And there's, like, so much kind of, like, the whole thing is kind of like a noir. Like, it's set in the 30s and it's, like, dour and whatever. But there's sometimes there's, like, a saxophone playing and then it's, you know, it does Mm. the, like, another night in Jazz City. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Can't believe I'm about to leave for another investigation. Bye. (laughs) She was a cold drink of water. Bye. His bye is so funny. It took forever for you to finally see Yeah. But so it's like, it's so weird because it's both generic and cliched and like frustrating all at once because you're supposed to be making these choices that change this dude's reality. But you're also like, I don't care. Yeah, because he doesn't care about anything and he he like doesn't have any personality. So you have like no reason to believe that he would like feel strongly about any direction. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, the writing is not good. I think that, once again, if you're going to do a Lovecraft adaptation, I think the writing needs to be good. I guess I'm glad that they didn't go with the, like, overly flowery, like, wannabe eloquent approach, you know? That's true. But I also, once again, I don't think the another night in Jazz City (laughs) approach is any good either. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Oh, that was crazy. Ah, this place is really weird. Yeah, I feel like that's like a real thing he said. He talks like that. And once again, that was Cole's impression of the dude from The Evil Within. That dude was like, he'll just be like, huh, that was weird. Right after he almost got like eaten by an octopus or some shit. And it's like, that wasn't just weird, dude. Like that was pretty Uh, fucked up. But yeah. And so anyway, like I don't like the choice mechanic when it's like that, because I think it, it makes it uninteresting because it's like you get to decide the story, but it's not through your own actions. It's just kind of you picking like, oh, I guess like he's the chosen yeah. one. And it's like, so ultimately you end up down in the necropolis and you basically are, you get to decide whether you want to end the world or not. It's all about resetting the cycle. Yeah. I think it's like if you l- live, you like reset the cycle and everyone also lives but if you sacrifice yourself then like she's been like fed the squid woman yeah god god cthulhu and then uh if you sacrifice yourself then everything dies and starts over maybe it's the other way around it does okay so it doesn't make any sense as the game goes on and as you get towards the end, it's so dependent on like these random little choices you made and like these weird tiny story beats that it doesn't make any sense. You have no clue what's going on. And then the ending of the game is basically this long psychedelic hallway where you're having flashbacks of stuff that happened to you. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end and it's literally like a 10 second cutscene and it just cuts to black. Yeah, that was so fucked up. I thought it was a bug and we like yeah, didn't get to see that because you before you like go in to the mm, i was gonna say the basement of the ocean 
<laughs> yeah, basically. When you go into the ocean basement, they're like, you can't turn back from here. And you're like, yeah. okay, I get it. But they're like, no, like, you can't go play side quests after this. Like, this is it. Yeah. And because I had already spent so much time getting to the end, I was like, okay, well, like, fuck the side quest. But now that I'm, like, fucking, like, in my apartment for two weeks, I kind of wish <laughs> I could go back and do the side quest. But you have to, like, agree to, like, truly end it all. Yeah. It's just weird because it's so abrupt and well, it's yeah, so out of nowhere. So we were like, okay, let's wipe let's wipe this slate clean. Let's get all these guys out of here. And you're like, okay, going to reset the world. So you walk out of the boat that you came in on. Yeah. And you see an octopus, a giant octopus come out of the ocean. You're like, okay, there she is. All these people like bow down cuz they're like time to die. Uh, we love you. And they like kneel down and then like the octopus kind of like raises up a little bit and a big wave comes and then that's the end. You don't even get to see anybody drown. Like it's just like a cut to black. And I was like, um, did our switch just like (laughs) die? (laughs) Yeah. But then it's like credits and you're like, excuse me? Yeah. And I went on YouTube immediately and I looked up the ending and I was like, did we pick the wrong ending? Nope. They're all like this. There isn't even like a 30 second cutscene. Yeah. Of the city being wiped away. There's no dialogue or music he's or not like looking at the, the people die and he's like bye <laughs> bye <laughs> oh, this is pretty weird everyone's dead bye wild, <laughs> wild. well guess my work is done here <laughs> bye <laughs> better go make myself some more homemade antipsychotics <laughs> <laughs> it's just so <laughs> shitty like it was so shitty okay here, here's why it was shitty right because it took because so I thought our long thing was to, broken well that part but it took <laughs> so long to get there and it was so much work here's okay here's cra- here's what's crazy this to me was when because okay when we started playing the game when you started playing the game i was like huh this game sucks <laughs> and then when i started playing i was like huh this game sucks <laughs> but then somewhere deep into playing it i was like huh maybe i like this game i want to keep playing it and then and i would be like i guess it's fine <laughs> and then towards the end the end sucked and then i was like huh maybe that did suck <laughs> okay but then this was the real thing was we went and looked at the play time because like okay monica usually plays these games that take like 100 hours like you played dragon quest builders 2 yeah played yonder you played my time at porsche like shit like that and then i looked at the play time for this and i was like i bet you played it for 100 hours <laughs> and we had played it for 30 hours yeah and it had felt like we had been playing that game for I a fucking year had played it for six months like on and, and i would get so pissed off that i wouldn't touch it for yeah. like two and a half weeks it's just like it's so it's such a cumbersome and unsatisfying game yeah i think that was kind of like my bottom line with it like there's cool things about it it was cool to roam around the city it was mm-hmm. cool to do some of the PI stuff. It was like cool to drive a boat. Yeah. All everything like the combat is straight up bad. There's nothing good to say about the combat in the game. And it's I guess we didn't we barely even talked about it besides just saying it sucks. I mean, it's basically just monsters spawn out of the ground. They're all very yeah. bland and boring looking, but they're also really hard. I have nothing to say about it. It's not yeah. good. But everything else in the game, like, there's something cool about it. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. You get so snowed under. 
Yeah. It just feels like work. And, like, the main case is, like, kind of boring. So, like, when I went on side quests, it was really fun. But, like, yeah, I only did, like, one. Yeah, we didn't Because the detective work is fun. Yeah. And we didn't really do any side quests just because the game is so cumbersome. Yeah. Like, we would have been playing Like, at the end when I was in the graveyard and I was, like, told the guy I'd help him. And he was, like, help me find these three bodies. And, like, <laughs> I walked into the graveyard and then I, like, I was, like, oop, there's a grave robbed. And then I heard a monster and I ran out of the graveyard because yeah. I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of the game in a nutshell. Like, I think this game would have been a lot better if they had sort of picked their battles, <laughs> committed to the systems that are good cut the rest of the shit and then had way less combat or maybe no combat yeah none would have been nice yeah because it's not i mean i guess it's tense sometimes but it's not scary and like the couple of bosses that are in the game are really shitty and like bosses like that big room of guys yeah or like the shit monster oh yeah I mean, okay, here's another thing, too. The combat, you know, I talked about this a little bit. I did a little solo review of a game called Bendy and the Ink Machine, and I talked about it in that, but it's the same in this game where, like, I did not understand the progression because, like, sometimes you would die and then you would get reset, but then, like, you wouldn't lose your progress. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have killed everybody, and then other yeah. times you would die and you would get and set And everything to- comes back. Yeah, you would get set back to last save point. So it was really weird where sometimes you could just fail until you win and other times you would actually have to like beat the scenario and it was super confusing. I mean, it was kind of, it's once again, this game is so janky. It reminded me of like the early 2000s PC games where like stuff would happen and it would be funny, but it wouldn't be like good. Like there's, okay, there's one part where you're going to kill this dude. He's like a bad dude. And uh, he's really hard. He has all these guys with shotguns. And oh, yeah. the way that those enemies spawn in is like really fucked up because they'll spawn all around you and just start shooting you and you like die immediately. And so I kept retrying this fight over and over because like, I hate this guy. I want to kill him. And a bu- like I did a bunch of times and it kept resetting me the last save point. And then randomly one time I died and then it, re- it reset me outside the building, but I had killed two of the guys and I didn't know that we were still in combat, so they yeah. ran out of the building at me, and then I just like ran <laughs> away from them. And was turned out or turned around, like taking pot shots at them. Well, like mm-hmm. it was basically like a Benny Hill yeah. type of scenario, <laughs> and like it was really stupid and it was hilarious, but it was like, oh, that's not actually good. <laughs> yeah, I like um, talking to all the um, all the little people, NPCs. I like talking to the little people. Are they little? <laughs> no, they're, I mean, they're normal size, but like uh, regular size, average size. Um, <laughs> Whoa, double back on that one quick. Uh, but like, for example, you like go into like the hospital and there's this lady like scratching her stomach and you go and you're like, hello. And she, she was like, oh, I'm never eating eels again. And it's like so funny. Yeah. Or, like, when you... I like um, drawing my gun uh-huh. <laughs> to hear the stuff that people say. Yeah. And they're like, hey, man, give me a break. <laughs> and they'll be like, he's crazy. That's my favorite like, one. The best part is that they run away, like, three feet. Yeah. They don't actually, like, run away. They just, they, like... They run for, like, as long as I would run in real life, and then they stop, and they're like, like uh, it's fine. I accept my me. fate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's... it's yeah it's, it's got fun. its funny moments like your landlord hates you 
Yeah. And he's like, I know what you newcomers are like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could see this game. I mean, first of all, don't play it on the Switch. I could see this game being enjoyable for someone who really loves, like, who really wants something that's set in, like, a 30s-style HP Lovecraft world and likes open-world games. Whoever you are, you're a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, and it's also one of the very few open-world horror games. I mean, that's why you played it. Yeah. You're like, oh, open-world horror. Like, that sounds cool. I just wanted to walk around. Yeah. And you did. I did, but I also did a lot of running away. Yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, if you haven't gathered by now, I don't, I don't actually think this game is good. No, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Me think. neither. Yeah, <laughs> I bought it for fifty dollars. Yeah, at least I got my money's worth. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have that thirty hours of my life back. <laughs> Do you remember the time that we were playing it, and I was like. Uh, I was like really stoned and I was like give me a turn and you were like okay and then I was like trying to get out of the hospital room and you were like what are you doing and I was like I'm stuck in the hospital <laughs> okay Monica was really high and she was just running around in circles she had been very aggressive she was like give me a turn <laughs> I was like alright whatever bye and so, so then she takes the controller and then literally starts running around. I mean, actually in circles. And like, I let her. I'm I'm holding down the sprint button. <laughs> and I let her do it for like I'm two booking, minutes, booking and we're it. talking about other shit. And then I was like, "So uh, what are you doing?" It's just like I can't get out of here. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, you're just running in circles." And I made her give me the controller back. Okay, I would also like to say that I'm not like a stoner. Yeah. You're just high right now, and you were high when we were playing this game a lot. Yeah. But I, it's because I don't drink anymore. Yeah. For people who don't follow me anywhere on social media. On all social media. Uh, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. I was a drunkie. Yeah. But I quit eight months ago, and I also don't smoke cigarettes anymore. And I've been under a little bit of uh, anxiety. <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit of Feeling a little bit of pressure. <laughs> a little bit of stress. Um... um yeah, Ooh. no, congratulations. Good job. Thank you. But I've been rationing the same bottle of uh, weed gummies for... I've really been nursing these guys. Yeah, they're powerful. They're really powerful. But, but yeah. I just want to make it clear that I like... I'm, like, cool. <laughs> yes, Monica's I read. Monica's I have favorite. a 9-to-5 job. Yeah. It's actually 7.30-to-4. Could a stoner wake up at 6 a.m.? <laughs> I don't know. Yep, because you slept real good. <laughs> <laughs> what? Can't confirm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I could see the scenario in which someone would like this game, but I wouldn't recommend it. I didn't think it was great. I think maybe if you're a horror fan and you're stuck inside your apartment right now and you're looking for something that takes a long time to beat, I would definitely play Prey, Evil Within, Evil Within 2 before I played this game that's kind of a d-list yeah open world horror game mm-hmm. but you know we had our moments we'll kill 30 hours <laughs> playing it with someone else i think definitely playing with someone's a lot more fun a lot more fun making fun of the game yeah because dialogue yeah. is real stupid it's real dumb so this is definitely a game i think that I think you. I only played it with you. I didn't play it alone, but I think it seemed like you had more fun once we were playing it together. Yeah, 
and that I was have because I was playing it on like extremely hard. Yeah, it was so hard. No, I would like come home from work and then like play a game for two hours and like be tired. Well, it was like the first time I tried to help you was with this crazy boss fight, and I was like, "Man, this is like really fucking hard." And I was like, "What difficulty do you have it at?" And you're like, "What? What do you mean?" <laughs> and then yeah, it turns out you can turn, you can adjust all like multiple difficulty sliders. You can turn on auto aim and like all this shit. It was really fun. Well, there is no difficulty level other than hard on my open world horror game of a life <laughs> so I'm used to dying all ran over I don't know anything else to say about Sinking City no I got one more thing to say hmm. well two more number one is Sinking City more like Stinking City uh, is the no- other one Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, are you fucking ravers out there? Are you club kitties? Get your pacifiers in and your fucking red pens out because we got to make some changes to the schedule. It's fucking game club, dude. Next week is the hottest new shit. Resident Evil 3 Remake. That's right. We're gonna fucking blast through it and tell you guys what the fuck is up. Monday morning, get up, drink your coffee, listen to fucking Zero Brightness. Shit. Sounds fucking good. After that, we got a little bit of fucking Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis, dude! Everybody does the dino these days. Don't be left behind with the times. It's 1999. New shit. New horizons. New frontiers. Sun rising. Colors everywhere. Fucking mind blown. After that, we got the cat lady. You ever heard of that shit? Look it up. Our Michalski. He's the man. He's got a plan. He's got everything you need. This has been the Game Club Broadcast. Stay safe.